All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Limbless MD. I'm your host, Vikram Ryan. Today, we have Dr. Diana Landonio, who's a board-certified urologist, one of the top urologists in the in the country. She's uh, uh, come from a very unique background. She's originally from Mexico City, um, so a Latin background and a woman in the field of urology, almost unheard of. So thank you again for joining us, Diana. And your unique superpower on top of everything you do, being super mom, highly published, being one of the top urologists. But on top of that, you're on a mission to help physicians all over the world, all over the country um, thrive after burnout and just first identify what it is and then come out after it. And you have a unique solution you're going to share with us. What if you could reclaim hours of free time each week, create legacy building wealth and devote more energy to your passion projects without giving up on your career as a life-saving MD? My name is Vikram Raya functional cardiologist, high-performance coach, and real estate expert. And I'm here to give you the tools, strategies, and solutions you need to transform your life so you can unlock your limitless potential and achieve greatness all the while freeing up your precious time. Welcome to Limitless MD. Let's dive in. Diana, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. It's always a pleasure to be here and just be part of this community and bring some value to your listeners. So I'm really grateful and excited to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So Diana, um, this term burnout, it's starting to make a, a, a prevalence in our physician community. There's 1 million physicians in the United States. If you had the statistics in front of you, or if you had to sort of make a estimation how many do you think are in burnout or have been through it? Well, this is a great question to know. Awareness is the first step of how prevalent and who is affecting and what is it. So, I mean, first I'll define what it is, and then we can talk about how many of us are affected by it. You know, burnout is defined by, you know, Dr. Maslach, who's done the Maslach score of burnout really as chronic, you know, unmanaged workplace stress. But I can really say, you know, that's for physicians and for really anybody. I think the whole nation is suffering with chronic stress, which then leads to, we'll talk about all this stuff, diseases and physical manifestations of the chronic unrelenting stress. And so when that happens in physicians, well, how does it manifest? Well, we may feel apathy. We may feel depersonalization, which means it's not, you know, Mrs. Uh, Martinez that suffers from diabetes. It's just a diabetic patient. It's just, you know, a, a disease. It's just an appendectomy. So we sort of depersonalize, detach. We lose that compassion, that empathy. We get foggy. We make you know, errors. And why do we make errors? Well, we're in chronic stress. When you're in chronic stress, this is not the time for your brain to be processing all the amounts of information we see every day to come up with an answer, solution, a diagnosis. So you're going to make errors and, you know, you're just going to be cynical as well and angry and reactive. Why? I mean, you're in chronic stress, which is that fight or flight. So you're not sitting down and happy and relaxed and, you know, in a state of like, oh, everything's wonderful. I mean, think about when you're in Bora Bora versus when you're in the middle of LA traffic or Miami traffic, you feel very differently. So this is every day that's happening to you. And, you know, you're not performing at your top in chronic stress. So how, you know, it, it's really has been going on forever, but now it's been amplified, obviously, with COVID. And we know that, you know, the latest data for Medscape, 65% of the ER physicians, you know, are suffering from burnout. And the top ones are really 
the front lines. It's primary care, internal medicine, 60%, pediatrics, 59%. That's all of the, again, front line, first line of defense. So if you you know, going to your pediatric uh, doctor, your primary doctor or ER, you know, they're all burned out and that affects your care. And I can say that personally as well. I've been on the receiving end because, you know, they're not giving the best care because they can't, you know, they're just at the end of the rope. And it also affects women a lot more. So 63% of women uh, compared to 46% of men. So women have always been higher than men in burnout. And, uh, you know, it really, like I say, matters because it affects your care. And it's going to affect you personally, physically. And we can talk about how it manifested with me. And it will affect your immediate family. You're not going to be present. You're going to be yelling. You're going to be, you know, not engaged. You're going to be daydreaming of something else. And it's going to affect the patients. And we, you know, touch a lot of lives every day. You know, if you have a panel of 4,000 patients, you know, imagine how that affects, you know, the ripple effect of the community. So it's a big deal. So uh, <laughs> some of these statistics are very startling. Um, you said 65%. So essentially two out of three ER docs, you know, 60% of primary care, almost 60% of peds, you know, almost two thirds of women, you know, almost half of all men. I mean, this is an epidemic, almost a second epidemic in the, at least in the physician world. And you said it's all started by chronic stress. All right. Why? Let me ask you, more of a second, uh, deeper question: What, what has changed that has prompted this onslaught of um, uh, this this kind of feeling and this kind of hopelessness? Well, I mean, we've always had it, but again, it was made worse with COVID, and also with time, we get more stressors. Let's say more, you know, medications denied, more preauthorizations, more time of doing you know, like the quote unquote stupid stuff on the EMR. If you ask and if you know people have been surveyed with these Medscape large surveys, what are the biggest causes is, you know, too many tasks, not enough time, uh, you know, to outside of work, you know, the EHR, which is quite inefficient and box clicking and it doesn't add any added value to patient care. So we're spending all this time clicking boxes and doing things that really don't matter per se, but we become, you know, highly paid clerks that are, you know, highly paid and doing these tasks that, again, have no added value to anybody. And so that's really what's happening. And then COVID, I mean, people are really having PTSD, you know, and we can see that with the ER um, physicians and they match how many slots were not filled. People are like, you know, we're getting out of here. Private equity is acquiring a lot of ER, you know, practices. And so, you know, people are just leaving in droves and we know a hundred thousand physicians last year left medicine. So, you know, this is having consequences. It's going to continue to have consequences of how many people are leaving, how many people are not matching some of the specialties that are, you know, very important. Like I said, the front lines ER, we are seeing the effects of this and, you know, people also may not realize what chronic stress can do to you, how it can manifest, what it is, or depression. The other part of this is, you know, you know, burnout can also lead and can be associated with depression. 25% of physicians are depressed. Many don't seek help at all. And 13% are having suicidal thoughts and 400 plus every single year complete suicide. And of those surveyed too, there was about 13,000 people surveyed. You know, those 13% are, you know, uh, attempting suicide. So imagine that. Not not only are people completing suicide, but they are attempting it. 
And that's a very dangerous place to be in that you're in such pain that you are attempting that. So how can you expect physicians to be taking great care of you when they're, you know, also thinking how they're going to end their life that day? This is really, you know, it's an emergency that we need to really put our money into investing into the well-being of physicians, really putting money in, you know, whether there's a wellness officer that is paid, you know, adequately and with full-time support to really say, what can we do for physicians? How can we support you? And, you know, it's not just about yoga and meditation. And that's very important for people to feel better. But, you know, what do you really need? Because for an ER physician, it's different than a pediatrician, that a urologist, our needs are different. Our stresses are different. Our need for support is different. So it's about leadership of going to the front lines, going to the ground and asking, what do you need? And how can we support you? And really having those conversations. You know, the conversations I have daily with doctors all over the country is there's always this sense of frustration, of anger, of um, of like, this is not what I signed up for. Mm-hmm. And um, and they're not even in the, they're not what we consider the burnout phase. And and you've, you've talked about what it looks like for burnout. It's the lose compassion, right? You talked about losing empathy, perhaps making er- errors, cynical, reactive. And maybe they're actually having some form of anxiety or depression even. Mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. these are people even pre that. But there's so in a way, I would say two thirds of all doctors are probably disgruntled or not happy with the current state of medicine. So mm-hmm. it's almost like we need a reformation, Diana. And I think you're one of the leaders in this because of what you created. Can you? Uh, well, first, before we talk about physiciancoachsupport.com, which is an amazing platform you created to help um, provide a resource for these physicians who are burnt out. Can you share your own journey perhaps? Of what, yeah, what I, happened? of course. Yeah. I've been burned out twice and it manifested very differently. And the first time really, I was just, you know, kind of the brain fog, like, like anxiety. And I couldn't make a decision of something very simple, which is, should I put a catheter on this complicated patient that, you know, had previous surgery? And I really could not decide, should I put it in? And I mean, this is such a simple thing. Urologists are like the fully, you know, police, right? We're always put in fullies, but I couldn't decide. And that was really scary because I'm like, I have to make so many decisions daily. And the simple one seems overwhelming. And then I thought, well, there's something wrong. Maybe my sugar is up and maybe my thyroid. I'll have to go to the doctor and figure out what physical thing is wrong that they can fix. And it really wasn't. All my lab work, everything was okay. But he's like, here's your Zoloft. And I was I was like, what do you mean? Here's my Zoloft and what is this? And, you know, he starts drawing this dopamine serotonin pathway. I'm like, what is this? But, you know, that's really what I needed because I was in this chronic stress. I used to, uh, I was private, I, I was solo practice. Uh, at an institution, I had no coverage. So every weekend I was rounding for like eight months straight without a day off. That adds up. Even if you're in beautiful Miami and you're still exercising and running and doing all these other stuff, you can't um, you know, undo the stress of the worry, the worry that what should I do for this patient every single day? It takes a toll. So even if you're eating well, even if you're exercising, you have to think of everything, mind, body, and spirit or soul. Everything is related and it affects you. So it, it manifested that way. I started medication. I went to therapy, you know, and it definitely got better, but I didn't really realize what it was. I'm just like, oh, okay. And I didn't realize it could happen again if you don't change something, in, you know, daily to, to really stop that stress cycle, which is key important things that you have to do. 
the second time was, you know, during COVID and everybody has their COVID story, but, you know, for me it was a lot of fear and it really gets there whether you're in chronic stress, worry, or fear. So people say, oh, I'm not stressed, but they worry all day. It was the same thing. You're activating that pair that is sympathetic and you're just bathing your body in cortisol and it affects your whole body. Every single cell in your body has, you know, stress receptors. So it's going to affect you. Well, how did it manifest for me? Not sleeping, grinding my teeth, developing asthma at 42 years old. I mean, who, who, when does that happen? But it did. I had debilitating chest pain, and you, you know, you know all about this. But you know, everything's fine. But I had I couldn't walk across the room because I had really bad chest pain. I uh, started developing joint pain, which is not great as a surgeon, but my joints were hurting. My rheumatoid factor was up. So now I'm attacking my own body, autoimmune disease. And we see that all the time. And I see that in my patients that come for their overactive frequency bladder uh, symptoms. And they also have IBS and they have fibromyalgia and they have GERD. And so if you don't address the elephant in the room, which is stress, and you don't give them tools to you know, get that under control, their overactive bladder is not going to get better. So again, it's not just physicians, it affects all patients. And we know that 70 to 80% of all doctor visits are stress-related actually. So, you know, we just don't really learn that in medicine. We don't address it. We don't learn how to stop it for patients or for us. There's no education, awareness of, you know, what stress can do to you. We just think this is how it is and put your head down and keep going and don't sleep, don't eat. And there's not a human and compassionate sort of, you know, infusion medicine. It may be for patients, perhaps they care of them all the time, but what about us? So that's not something that is prevalent in medicine. It's starting to get better, but we're not there yet. So we really have to infuse medicine training with compassion and with love and really treat the healers as we would our kids and our family and people we care about. And I don't think that we're there yet, but hopefully we're going to get there. So Diana, do you feel like you've come through the other side and you figured out pathways and strategies to protect yourself and you feel like you're in a place where you're back to your optimal self? Yeah, I think, you know, it's daily work. I, I think if you don't, if you come out of it, and you're like, oh, great, and you're fine, it's going to happen again, because again, you have to put daily work to figure out a path for you to stop the daily stress, you know, uh, reaction. So for me, it's about awareness every time, how am I feeling, what am I doing, and doing daily things that help me stop the stress cycle. And it may be very different for everybody. I can't say playing piano is going to be relaxing for one person or cooking or hiking or whatever it is or reading, but you've got to do things that bring you joy, things that relax you. And, you know, gratitude is a great practice because if you're in gratitude, you can have stress. It's really, you know, the oil in the water. So you really have to practice that daily or throughout the day, asking yourself, what has gone well today? You know, what am I grateful for today? I do that at night and in the morning. But also, you know, exercise is really important. You know, that's just as effective as antidepressants. So if you're depressed, exercise. If you're anxious, some type of meditation or prayer, um, that, that was going to help you with anxiety. Yoga, Tai Chi, all those things that bring down the parasympathetic. And, you know, diet is important. You know, you can't you know, it's sort of like if you have a Lamborghini, you're going to put cheap gas in the Lamborghini. You're going to put the best gas. You're going to do all the tune-ups. You're going to make sure you take it to the mechanic. The same thing with your body. Your body is that Lamborghini. Feed it well, treat it well, hydrate, sleep. 
And it seems basic, but so many physicians eat junk. <laughs> so many physicians, you know, don't eat healthy foods. They, you know, don't sleep well. They sleep three hours and think they're going to be in optimal health. And they're really not going to be that way uh, with that care. But it's been indoctrinated that that's okay. We just do that. We have 45 coffees a day and then we just plow on. And it's just not, you know, going to be long-term, you know, optimal health. So tell me about uh, the physician coach support uh, program that you created. It sounds like an amazing uh, resource where physicians can reach out and get help. Yeah, I created that when I was going through burnout and I you know, started learning about coaching principles and you know, I became a life coach as well. And as I went through the training, I decided, well, if physicians are in this state and we're trying to help others by practicing our skills, you know, could we actually, you know, do something where we help physicians with life coaching skills? So this is peer support led by all physicians who are volunteers and certified life coaches. And they can come to physiciancoachsupport.com. It's free and confidential. And it's basically via Zoom. You figure out your time zone, what's available, and you book a Zoom appointment. And on the other side, there's a physician who can talk to you about anything. And it really is for peer support because when you connect with another human being, you realize you're not alone. You realize you're not crazy. You realize that there's hope. And I think even if you never use it, but if you just realize there are so many volunteers there that care about you, that want to be there for you, it has to bring you some hope that the world is good, that people are good, that no matter what we're going through, people care, and that you matter, and that you're worthy. So if you can just think of that, that's going to bring you hope. And hope is the antidote for hopelessness and suicidal ideations and suicide. So hope is really important. So I, I hope you realize like you matter and that, you know, this is why it was created. You know, we hear so many stories every day, obviously with 400 suicides per day, every day somebody completes suicide. And I remember Dr. Snyder, which I didn't know, but she completed suicide three months postpartum. Mm-hmm. And to me, that was really the catalyst of starting this because I couldn't get out of my ears thinking of what the cry would sound for a baby missing their mother. I mean, it really was really chilling that sound that I could just imagine. So I decided I have to do something, you know, I don't have all the solutions, but I could do something. And I really want physicians to realize that they matter. And you have to think I will take care of myself the same way I can take care of my patients. I mean, you have to be a priority. You have to make time to really prioritize your self-care. If you don't make time to slow it down for yourself, your body is going to tell you, and it's going to be at a very inconvenient time. You always want to put it off, put it off later, later, but the time is now. So take care of yourself today because you are the most important person. So I want people to really sink that in, that you're worthy. You know, it's really important to really believe that. Uh, That is... uh... That's so moving. That's so touching. And uh, again, thank you for all your dedication and service to the physicians out there. Um, and thank you for being vulnerable and authentic and sharing about your journey. Uh, it really touches my heart. Um, guys, uh, if you're a physician out there, uh, there's no point trying to muscle through this, suffer in silence, have these emotions and not share them because that's the worst thing you can do. And you know, I know there's a story of a doc who had who was taking his family you know in a car and i think he was a radiologist in california and decided to you know take it off the ledge and sort of the goal was to kill himself and his family thankfully they survived 
but 400 docs a day trying to commit suicide and in forget the suicide that may be an extreme example but you know if two-thirds of us are suffering from this obviously this is becoming a pandemic so there may not be a ton of solutions but there are some solutions and you know dr diane has done a phenomenal job in creating one so physiciancoachsupport.com yeah it's free it's confidential it's for doctors by doctors these are doctors who are trained as coaches as as mentors as sort of um you know, uh, they can help guide you if you need counseling, therapy, medication, whatever you need, they can at least point you in the right direction and they can show empathy and concern and love. And I, I like how you repeat two, th- two things, um, you know, sort of like sometimes I'm talking about entrepreneurship on this show. Sometimes I'm talking about, you know, uh, creating, you know, abundance of things. But right now I want to talk about self-worth and, and, and that you, the two things that you em- emphasize quite a bit, you matter and you are worthy. I'm going to say that again. Everyone listening, guys, you matter and you are worthy and you don't need anyone else to tell that to you. You can tell it to yourself. But this opportunity with this physiciancoachsupport.com is a way if you're suffering or if you even think there may be an option, uh, 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 a sliver of burnout, this is a good resource. So thank you yeah. again, Dr. Anna, for this. No, of course. Thank you so much. I mean, it's it's just a starting point and, you know, the first step is the hardest step. And when you take one step into your care, then it just starts to, you know, get better and better. It's just like when you go to the gym, you know, you're not going to get that six pack in one visit, but you start and then you're like, oh, I feel better. And then you you just start, what do I need today? You know, where do I want to be? What do I want? I mean, this is what coaches really help you identify. You have all the answers, but they can help you like, what do I want? What are my goals? What are my priorities? What is out of balance? Because when you're in burnout or you're depressed, something's out of balance and you may not realize and somebody can really help you and point it out to you. And sometimes, again, you may be depressed and you don't realize you're depressed. So you have to name it to tame it. You have to maybe go through that thing we learned in medical school, the CG caps, you know, is it the sleep, the lack of interest? Are you feeling guilty? The energy, concentration, apathy, suicidal thoughts. But also they're very similar at times to burnout. So which one is it? Or it's both. And you need a therapist as well. And that's okay. So many states have changed their laws and their uh, questions that they ask for for their licensing. So now you don't have to disclose or or all the stuff about getting mental help with a psychiatrist. And at the end of the day, it's like, who cares? You're so important. If you're not here, you know, your family is going to suffer, all these people. So Please, please, please get help, whether it's a psychiatrist, whether it's a coach, whether it's a mentor, reach out to friends. And I think when you ask me, how do you, you know, get out of this, it's it's reaching out. It's saying, I need help. It's saying, like, I need to take that step for my self-care. And you have to do it. But, you know, I think sometimes also when the uh, students write, the teacher appears as well. So there's it's not a coincidence that, oh, you learn about this person or this program or you're doing this coaching and maybe entrepreneurship is something I need to do. Finding that passion, whether it's within or outside of medicine, of things that get you up in the morning, that is an antidote to burnout. Finding that passion, whether it's writing a book, whether it's saving chickens, whatever you like to do or want to do. That is going to bring you enthusiasm and joy, which is, again, the antidote for burnout and stress and apathy. So find your why, what gets you up in the morning or what could get you up in the morning. Maybe it's not medicine, it's outside. That's okay. But do something that is really going to excite you. That's awesome, Dr. Anna. As we wrap up here, what's the best way for people to get a hold of you? 
Yeah, they can come to my website is Diana Londono MD, like medicaldoctor.com. There's all my info there. You can also find me in all the platforms, LinkedIn, Diana Londono, uh, on Twitter, on Instagram. And, you know, just the website is the easiest one, but I love to connect if this is something that is helpful. If you want to, you know, help us in physician co-support, if you want to sponsor, you know, grow, whatever it is in any capacity, or you just need some resources, again, go to the site physiciancoachsupport.com. There's more resources. We're not the only option. Find other uh, resources that could help you. If you don't like ours, if it doesn't feel like the right time, go anywhere else, but please get help. Please, please, please. Thank you so much. All right, guys, super important uh, podcast today. Uh, share with friends, share with other doctors. This is super important. And again, thank you again for supporting us. And until next time, be phenomenal. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Limitless MD. If you found value from this episode, I encourage you to share this episode with a friend and let me know by leaving a review. For more information, make sure you check out the links in the show notes below or simply visit VikramRaya.com. So until next time, my friends, be phenomenal.